Coming to you live from Parkview Studios, the garage. This is the Brothers Catch Up, a weekly podcast where two brothers come together to catch up. I'm your host, Sal Biazzi. With me, as always, is my brother, Frankie Biazzi. Your host. Uh, hey, guess what? What? It's a new year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2022. Uh, I thought maybe we could just start by talking about how we, like, look back at the old year. Can I be honest? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't look at my life in years. I don't either. Everyone's always like, oh, 2021 was a bad year. Like, 2020 (laughs) was a good year. 2022 is going to be better. Uh, when I was 26, that year was really good. Uh, my fourth grade year, that was a good... My brain does not use time in years. How does it, it work? Everything to me is Eons. either like... No, seriously. Everything to me is either like, <laughs> oh, the other day, or like... It never happened. Or no, like... So long I just ago, ran... I'll just throw out a history. random... <laughs> I don't remember any... I, I remember everything, but I, I don't know like when. So I just go... Yeah, like five years ago, I did this. That was a good. That was a good time. I don't know. Interesting. Years don't. Maybe you should familiarize yourself with the calendar. No, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care about your years. You're made up. Twenty twenty <laughs> sucked because of COVID. Twenty twenty was fine. I enjoyed my twenty twenty. Besides my eight month battle with anxiety. Other than that, it was pretty good. Twenty twenty one was pretty cool. 2022, it's probably going to be fine. I saw a guy on Twitter, oh, get out of here, 2021, <coughs> don't come back. And I said to him, don't worry, it won't, because that's not how time works. I thought it was funny. It is funny. See? To those people, <laughs> I think they're assholes. Cause like, I think every year... It's just a year. Every year... It's just a number. That we get to like the middle or end of, and we're like, oh man, this year was so rough. I hope it never... Like, we never see 26... Like, I remember 2016 was, like, this supposedly terrible... Well, because Trump won. ...year. God forbid. But, like, every time where that happens, I just realize that there's depressed people every year. People are miserable. 2021 was so bad, I hope it never comes back. It's never coming back. Don't worry. It's gonna get worse. So I don't know what you're so happy about that we're turning <laughs> the calendar. Just lower your expectations. Things are getting progressively worse. Rapidly. Happy New Year. So, congrats. 2022. Happy Holidays. Put your pronouns in your Twitter bio and hope to God it's a better year. Um, I also have seen an increase in people who like whose response to people who are making fun of the pronoun thing is like, this guy doesn't know what a pronoun is. As if, like, the people who are like, what do you mean your pronouns? Or, like, what's a pronoun? Or legitimately yeah. asking, like... Like, my pronoun is penguin. Which <laughs> isn't necessarily a pronoun. It's my pronoun. But it's my pronoun. <laughs> but that's their fault. They've taken away meaning from everything. So, yeah. like, how can they get upset, you know? Yeah. Uh... 2022 will probably be the last year, I think. I think I'm split. I think it could go... Dude, by the way, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. You brought up last week the movie Up in the Air. Don't look up. Don't look up. Up in the Air is Did you watch movie. it? No. But I've seen now the responses from like all over the political spectrum of all different people. I, w- w- Review it and talk about it. I don't really saying? watch movies. I watch reviews of. What movies. are they saying? I'm curious. Are they saying what I said? The the left loves that fucking movie of so much. They do. It's crazy of how much they love it. They it's do. hilarious though. Of course they do. Because I'm watching people talk about it, and because they get like, oh, to make such believe an on- in their, in this world, like it's such an honest satire it's such a metaphor for it's not. real life and i can't critique because i haven't seen the movie but it's in my head i'm like how could it be a critique it's for not. real life how could it be a critique for climate change it's not if the whole thing is don't look up and no one's looking up and like they're all ignoring it like it does this and all you fucking do and try and do is stop 
this mythical beast of climate change. It's so it's so hilarious. Yeah, I haven't watched. I haven't seen anybody's reaction to this movie, but that I've makes seen perfect. A bunch of it. I've seen a bunch that of makes it. perfect sense to me, and it's also hilarious. Now, someone who watched the movie. <laughs> With no preconceived notion, by the way. Like, yeah. I didn't know what this movie was before I watched it. I watched it the day it came out on Netflix because me and the man had COVID. And it was like, oh, a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence and, like, Adam McKay directed? I like Adam McKay. Like, sure, let's watch it. And then I watched it and I had my honest opinion that it was terrible. I've seen a lot of socialist lefty TikTok praise of of up in the air by the way forget the political like side of it just like as a movie it's a very average movie like, it's not a good movie yes it's Leonardo DiCaprio it's one of his uh, but the praise isn't for the what it is as a film no it's the about what it says for, like, yeah, yeah of like, course it as like a political statement those so, people are wrong it's crazy they're talking about it like it's the most profound piece of satire ever and I'm never gonna watch it maybe I but will but the satire's wrong like, yeah, it, like, like the satire in the movie couldn't ever exist in this world. <laughs> like the satire is, Trump says there's no asteroid coming, and the, all of the left is like there's no asteroid coming because Trump said so. That way, like, dude, that's the satire. Your satire is wrong. All the media's would just be like, listen, the president's right. There's not. You think that's what would happen? It would right now. Biden said it. Well, that's what I. That's why when I was watching it, I was like, it makes no sense. If the president was Joe Biden, and then it was like, and he came out and said, "We're fine. We're gonna survive. There's no, no one would talk about it." So like, your satire is completely off. But whatever. Like, again, I'm not gonna. I don't care that much, because my initial take when I watched it was like, "Well, this is stupid. This would never happen." <laughs> But dude, but everyone else, I know what you're saying. Everyone else is like, this is exactly what would happen. Watch a lot of the lefty TikTok. No, I don't want it. to find them. They're hilarious. Don't though. want to. They're like, I don't. So I'm gonna get angry. I mean, maybe I'll see the movie and I'll. <coughs> like, I don't you wanna, won't. Don't you know. waste two and a half hours of your life. It's not good. Maybe I'll indulge Leonardo DiCaprio's climate change fanfic while he like flies around the globe. Also, like, like, it almost seems like Leonardo DiCaprio wrote this movie. Oh, I think he like, did. Didn't he? Isn't he like a I don't producer? know, but like. If the main story is, like, there's an asteroid coming, the second biggest story is, like, Leonardo DiCaprio, who's the scientist from <laughs> this college, becomes, like, a media personality, and all anyone ever refers to him as is, like, the hot scientist, and he starts, like, cheating on his <laughs> wife, and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking so hot as a scientist, and Jennifer Lawrence is like, you're an asshole, dude. Like, that's the movie, and, like, that's really what Leonardo DiCaprio probably thinks of himself. He's like... It was like if he was sitting one day and was like, you know, if I played a scientist, everyone would be like, what a hot scientist this guy is. So, like, I think I'm going to write that movie. Like, that's really what it comes off as. In fact, that might be a bigger part of the movie <laughs> than, than the actual. Right. That movie sucks. <laughs> I know I said I gave it, like, a B when I first reviewed it. Fuck that. It's the <laughs> shittiest movie I've ever seen. Now I'm angry. <laughs> All right, I'm glad I brought it up again. Yeah. Harry Potter's way better. Um, J.K. Rowling knows what she's doing. You never finished Hearts in Atlantis, though. You know what? You said the second story is the best one. I love that story. When was the last time you read it? Probably a while ago. Okay. I I hate the character in it, so like I don't have any... Because the, the story, like, the first 15 pages are like... Pff, I grew up a Republican and, like... I went to college and I realized how stupid I was and like fuck Richard Nixon, man, and fuck the wars. And I get it; like, it was a very noble position, especially in the '60s. Like we're not talking like Democrats of today, but like it very much reads to me like this character is supposed to be Stephen King. Like I think he's really putting a lot of himself in there. And I know what Stephen King is now on Twitter. So like I, I just can't. I'm just like I don't. But I mean, I, the story it's not even supposed to be political. I don't think, but like. Well, I mean, Hearts and Atlantis is kind of an anti-nom, yeah, book. Like the whole, the whole story when you get to the end is all these characters and how their lives are impacted by growing up and being different in different ways impacted by the story at the beginning and their experiences there. But then their experiences through life, and in some of those experiences, obviously, yeah, it's just like the first story. In Hearts in Atlantis, I really liked like 
enjoyed it thoroughly. That was really cool. The second one I just didn't get into right away. So if I don't get into something right away, it's hard for me to like keep going because I'm not a reader. Like I'm yeah. not someone who can like push through. And I hope I've returned to it. I probably will have to because I'm gonna catch up to Rachel in the Harry Potter. And once I do that, I'll go back to Arsene Atlantis and let her like build it. No pressure. I'm just saying you should give it a chance because it, when it all ties together, I think it, it enhances all the stories. You know. Together. We got the whole book as a is a work. In opinion. three years, if we're still doing this podcast, <coughs> eventually I'll talk we'll about Harsin. <laughs> cool. But yeah, I'm, I'm reading Harry Potter now. And you know what I like about it? What? I've only ever read the first book. Cause every time I've tried to read Harry Potter, I've like read the first book and I'm like, six more of these? <laughs> no. But I'm gonna treat, I'm gonna do it this time. So like, first one already we're flying through, almost like halfway already. Well, it's a children's book. It's, it's a kids book. I can read it. It's great. <laughs> I know that the second one probably reads similarly to that. Third one, probably a little bit more involved, but still like mostly. I know once I get to four, I'm not gonna be able to read it because it's like a fucking real novel. <laughs> and then five, six, and seven is like all political and about these like organizations. I'm probably gonna. St- Stop at, like, three. Two and a half, probably. <laughs> I'll probably get halfway through Prisoner of Azkaban and be like... I'm done. I'm gonna... I'm gonna I can't read. Oh, I believe in you. You put your mind to it. How many books do you think you've read in your lifetime? I don't know. I'm not talking, like, picked up and then never finished. I'm talking, like, a true... Like, I picked it up and I read the whole thing. I've read all seven Harry Potter books... At least three times. See, that was going to be my next question. Is Like, I don't... I don't understand... Like, I understand watching a TV show multiple times. Like, it gives you comfort. Read a book a second time? Hearts and Atlantis I've read multiple times. There were... See, when I was much... What's the point? When I was much younger... You know the story. When I was, like, 15 to... All you did was read. Yeah, like, until I was, like, 24... Like, I read it all the time. I know. I, I remember stopped. you being I'm a reader. Reading. <laughs> you still read, but you don't read nearly as much. Now, every time I see you, you're playing Pokemon. Play a lot of Pokemon. You play a lot of Pokemon. Pokemon Master now. Dude, out of Bulbazar. It's kind Charizard. of scary how much Pokemon you play. Just because you... But to be fair, this is just like a you thing. You do this with like everything you do. When I pick up a Pokemon game... I'm just trying to beat the game. Once it's beat, that's it. Like, I'm done with it. Like, there's no more for me to do. You don't do that. Like, you are like... You're the Tiger Woods of <laughs> other things. No, like, it's not... Like, Tiger Woods went out in the 2000 US Open, had it in pocket already, had a 15-shot lead or whatever it was, and he said, I'm not making a bogey today. No, it's all That's all I cared about. And you're like, yeah, sure, the game's already done, but like, I'm getting my Bulbasaur to a 72 level today, and nothing's gonna stop me. That's what I'm doing. Well, but certain video games I do. Skyrim. I like to explore more of the game, or like unlock things, or find certain things, or try to accomplish goals that I set. And I can sink a lot of time into certain activities, video games, reading, whatever. But, I mean. I learned in therapy years ago. Like, <laughs> you only have this. Your life is like a suitcase, so you only have time for so many things. Like, yeah. But as you go, like I'll take things out and put things in as I of want. Course, like yeah. I, there, there are years where I play more guitar than I read. I'm currently doing way more gym time than I've done in the previous like probably two years. And, and yo-yoing. Eh, not yo-yoing. <laughs> I'm actually a little ashamed of it. I should be yo-yoing more. <laughs> I should be per- I should be like writing in my calendar, like setting a time aside to like, hey, practice your yo-yo tricks, learn something new. But I'm not, I'm not doing it. I know. I hear you. It's a problem. All right. Is it? I think so. Uh, is there anything I want to talk about? I mean, what else happened in 2021? Nothing. Forget 2021. I have one little thing I want to be angry about. Okay. 
How come sedans don't have a back window windshield wiper? Why is that only reserved for SUVs? The angle of the windshield. The rear window. Stupid. Drops can't accumulate because it's slightly more angled? Because guess who can't see out of their fucking rear view window? (laughs) Me. Like, why don't I have... I feel like I have to pull over and take my sleeve and rub it. It's stupid. I thought about it today. I was like, because now, like, today it's snowing. There's, like, some snow on the back window. I'm like, but love a windshield wiper and knock that off. off before you get in the car. It was currently snowing. It was clean when I got in the car. Put your, don't you have a rear defroster? It's not getting rid of snow. It will, it'll melt it. No. So, windshield wipers being reserved for only SUVs is really stupid. Just throw it on a sedan. Come so, on. Do you want to play Name That Tune? Yeah, okay. If it's the Harry Potter theme, I'm going to know it. So it can't be the Harry Potter theme. I got that one before. I'm going to close my eyes. All right, hold on. What should we... we should, it'll be a TV theme song. Okay. The Jetsons. I was, I was thinking how, Flintstones. How wild would it have been, though, if it was the Jetsons? Well, before the Flintstones you is also Hanna-Barbera Hanna cartoon, so like that's pretty close. I gotta clean this. It's like getting rusty. rusty. Oh. All right, let's. Think. I was gonna say, was that part of it? Cause no. I was like, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> That's nothing like it. That's supposed to be Scooby Doo. I was gonna say, did you just do the Flintstones again <laughs> no. after you said you're gonna? Uh. You know the problem with that instrument? <laughs> it's, it's one tone. If you know it beforehand, it's very easy to just like, oh yeah, that makes sense. If you don't know, I think it's impossible. That was Spongebob. That was my interpretation of Spongebob. I, th- I was thinking maybe Game of Thrones. I, there was like nothing I could think. Let's try to do Game of Thrones. Yeah, I know. I knew that was Game of Thrones, but that's because like I... Like, I this is a different one, or is this? This is a different one. I'm trying to do trying to do Game of Thrones like a fast. I do. All right, so let's do one more. I right, request something. No, no, I want. I want to do one more, more guess. Right. One more guess. Could, but I got it. I do have to know the category. Before <laughs> no, I do. All right, I'm gonna give a different category. This TV theme was it's too hard to do on the spot. Let's do. It could be a band. You'd be like. Yeah, I'm gonna, gonna try to do a Queen song. I think I get out. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> we will, we will rock you. <laughs> All right, good job. We did it. These have to be really specific on the category. <laughs> this is Queen songs from their second album, tracks between one and three. The Jew harp, everyone. That was nothing. I'm just okay. playing right. now. Play right, us we'll out. Talk to you later. Bye.
Welcome to After the Squirt Sports, where we discuss the Dolphins. I'm your host, Frankie Biazzi. Alongside his co-host, his brother, Sal. I don't know if that picks up at all on that microphone. Probably not. I have nothing to say about the Dolphins. <laughs> I have a lot of praise to give other teams. A lot of good games yesterday. You know who I love? Bangles. Joe Burrow, man. Oh, what a stud. Wish I had that guy. <laughs> I don't want to be like that. I don't think that's fair. Or I true. think, you know what's weird? I love Tua. Happy we have Tua on the I, team. He didn't play well yesterday. Joe Burrow, out of all the quarterbacks if from that draft, yeah. I really had the lowest expectation for Joe Burrow. I just didn't think he was that good. I mean, he does. It's so weird, like. As Dolphins fans, and as we've talked about on this podcast, has been talked about everywhere, like Tua gets hit all the time for his how he doesn't have anything. His arm isn't good. His his pocket presence, whatever it is. Joe Burrow on paper, not even on paper, just like he's not really that tall. His arm isn't great. He's not that accurate. But for some reason, Joe Burrow just legitimately is a great quarterback. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. But he's the best of the draft, that draft so far. And it's not even close. It's pretty awesome. Well, the kid's a gamer, which is, I mean, he's got the great personalities and right, the right spot. Back-to-back games, 450 yards, four touchdowns. Meanwhile, our guy... Not I, great. But that's not... But it's, it's not, not the like, same. I, Their offense is completely different. Yeah, it's not like Tua steps on the field and Joe Burrow steps on the field and like that's everything that happens. No, and God no. The most frustrating thing, I think, to happen, which isn't... The problem here, in my opinion, is we have this warped mentality as Dolphins fans because we haven't seen a good offense in so long that we look at around the league... It all just like, oh, we just don't have the quarterback. We see other teams do things, and we think that the only thing that's keeping holding us back is the quarterback. And it's not. And it's clearly not. Like, Tannehill always was a quarterback that if you put a good team on the field, you'll win the game. You will win the game. So Tannehill now is on a team that's really good. And clearly they're really good because they're the number one team in the, a- hey, in the AFC. Are, by so, the way... Derrick Henry's coming back. Sure. So they, they may win the Super Bowl. They've, they've won everything with Tannehill. Yeah. They they've became, made it to the championship Don't forget. Game. Don't forget. Hold on. They were, let's they let's were go back. When with Tannehill, when ta- no. When Tannehill, he was holding them back When Tannehill bit. went there, Mariota was holding that team back. No one was giving the Titans any credit. They make the switch halfway through that first year with Tannehill. They put him in, they bench Mariota, and they go on a run. Then, the year after, they go in, they go, they make it to the AFC Championship game and lose. And now look at where they are. They're like they're going to be the one seed in the AFC. So, but, no, but seriously, like, T- Tannehill made that team what they are. Not because of Tannehill, just because he wasn't Mariota. Because he's a good quarterback. But he has a team around him. But the, they have a good offensive line. They've got a great running attack. They have great coaching. But we're an, we have an offense that has changed the entire offensive staff every year for the last four years. We have had one of the worst offenses in the league every year for like the last seven years maybe. Yeah, it's been bad. Maybe longer. Probably so, longer. And you're, I'm not even saying like we're like I, bottom 15. We're bottom five. We might not. So, like it's when you talk about like bad offenses, it's like the Dolphins, Bears, and Giants. Consistently, we're all bad really offense. can't do anything so, on offense. We are going into now what is a season that had no offensive coordinator. We couldn't hire an offensive coordinator after losing 
offensive coordinator after offensive coordinator after offensive coordinator. Going into this year with two co-coordinators, we were laughing who at both it. Both no was a joke. Who both have no experience being the a coordinator. The offense was bad from the start, from the first game of the season. It was bad when two went out. It was bad when he Got came back. Got worse with Jacoby Brissett. Was hit. The best the offense looked were against the Falcons, against the Raiders, the Raiders against the. Uh, then there's the game where the Jaguars won. No, they they didn't look great against the Jaguars. They put up, I think they, I think two through two three touchdown passes. But I mean, but what I'm saying is those are the games where Tua played well, looked good, you scored points, you lost those games. Yeah, your defense sucked. So this whole season is a is a product. It wasn't yesterday. Tua looked bad. Oh boo hoo! We won eight games in a row. Seven, seven games in a row in the NFL. To get to eight and seven after shitting the bed with your backup quarterback, after your offensive line couldn't protect Tua, and this isn't to make excuses for how bad Tua was yesterday, how unimpressive he's been for like the last three or four weeks, how generally average he's been even at his best, but it is to say you're winning games with him when he plays well, mm-hmm. and he's a young kid, and he's shown some potential to be okay. You don't have. All the assets in the world to get your dream quarterback. Clearly you don't because we've been trying to do that for 30 years. So you have a guy who might be okay. And you know what? The last guy you had was okay. Because he's on a team that kicked your fucking ass. Your defense is good. Yeah, good for you. You could build a good defense. You built a good defense for the last 30 years and you've won zero playoff games. Well, hold on. I like this rant you're going on. But... I don't know if you could even say that your defense is good. Your defense played a great stretch against... Listen, I hated the narrative of, like, you guys played nobody, look at the quarterbacks you faced. But legitimately, your defense played well against fucking nobody. In the beginning of the year, when they played people, they sucked. And in a game when it mattered, they couldn't stop the run. So, like, the defense, sure, is the best part of your team. But it's not like your defense is elite. No. So, like, it's not... If you went out... I mean, people have shut down the Titans this year. Yeah, yeah, 100%. If you went out there yesterday and the, the Titans... Jets shut down the Titans. And the Titans couldn't find the fucking end zone. And I don't care if you give up garbage time points. Points are points. Now, you got blown the fuck out. Yesterday, everything was bad. Everything. Tua was bad. He was making throws was I've never seen him make. The offensive but there were six awful. drops by wide receivers and tight ends that absolutely should have been catches. 100%. There were... There were men in the backfield on nearly every play. 100%. Immediately, whether it was a run or a pass. What about the play calling? The play calling is always awful. It why, was awful yesterday. Why? Okay. You're you're going into Tennessee against a team that is good against the run. So I understand that your play your game plan may be, "Hey, we're going to have to be pass heavy because we're not we we already can't run the ball as is and we're facing a team that stops the run." Gonna have to pass. But when you look at the weather forecast and you say it's gonna be raining all game, maybe let's not throw the ball 40 times with a quarterback who barely ever throws the ball 40 times. And Brian Flores owns that, though. Like, I get it, the play calling's been bad, but at this point, I don't even care because we don't have an offensive coordinator. We don't have a traditional offense. We don't have anything that would even. We're so far past that. So, when O'Shea was here in year one, he looked like he was building something. It got a little complex, and Brian Flores didn't like it, and he scrapped it. I like those shit. And I don't know what led to the Chan Gailey hiring. There's a lot of speculation about who picked Chan Gailey, why, and how, and who he got along with. I don't really care. Chan Gailey's offense was fine. They're way better than what we saw this year. So I don't know what scared Chan Gailey off or who fired Chan Gailey, but that was a decision that was made. Apparently it was Greer. Whatever. Apparently. Don't care. Because now going into year three, you guys all as a collective, the GM, the head coach, whatever, knowing you had a young quarterback and you were going to try and get an offense that specifically catered to his, what he was good at. Well, that's where I get really confused. They couldn't find that person. Well, not only could they not find that person, they didn't do what... They didn't build an offense that was built for the... What did Tua do better than any quarterback that's ever done it? RPO. What did the Dolphins run a shit ton of? RPO. What does the R stand for in RPO? 
What does it stand for? It's run. But- it's run. How can you make teams scared of the run in a run-pass option if you can't run the ball? Because you don't believe in running backs. As a philosophy, your terrible offensive scheme, your coaching, your staff, you can't build an offense. And you're going to live by this offensive philosophy that running backs don't matter. This is where I get upset with the whole Bill Belichick disciple. Now, and why they've kind of sucked. Don't get too far away because I want to stay laser focused here. I'm moving on to Brian Flores at this point. Because yesterday he made two decisions during the game that were, in my opinion, I've been, I'm usually, and to give Brian Flores credit, I think he's a good head coach. I think he's shown... I think he's fine. I think he's shown a lot of potential as a head coach, just like I think the two has shown some potential as a quarterback. I think that there's something there, if it can be developed. I think he's an elite defensive coordinator. He's losing on the offensive side of the ball. Thousand percent. He is he's he's costing himself his job, but even more importantly, he's costing himself now his own confidence, I think, because yesterday he made two decisions that are, I'm usually with him when he makes challenges. I'm usually with him when he decides to go for a fourth down. He's, he's pretty bad at challenging. He, but even in still, general, usually when, he's very, he, like, when he throws a flag, he's very, uh, what's, he's very liberal with challenging. Like, he'll challenge shit that I'm like, okay, like, I wouldn't, but okay. There are a lot of times where I'm like, that's, eh. But yesterday's decision not to challenge the clear fumble that resulted in your possession of the football in such a big moment that immediately that led to points point. for the Titans was absolutely a Backbreaking decision and wrong from immediately. It was wrong immediately. You needed to know that that was your team's football. The way they came out of that pile, the way that ball was down, it was worth everything. Yes, it was worth everything. You were getting kicked. Wasn't that in the first half? It was before, I think it was still 17. It was points. the first half, though. I'm pretty sure. I don't think it was the second half. I think it was the first half. I'm not Which sure. Which really makes even if it was the second half. I don't know how you don't challenge but that. But even worse, and the decision that I immediately, and you know because you were there and I was freaking out at the time. The field goal. Deciding to kick the 53-yard field goal. After Tua takes that sack. Was, I think that was the game. Well, not. Because you have to be aware of what your kicker has done in those situations. That is as big a kick as he's had all year, and it's from 53? You in, just got pushed back? In all, in in the rain and wind. Dude, take the punt. Take the punt. You just had a decent drive. Like, it wasn't a bad drive. And if you wanted to say, hey, I don't want to waste what we did, you wouldn't have even with a touchback there. Because just by giving your defense the whole field, you well, give yourself the cushion. I understand. Like, if, if that punt, like, let's say you choose to punt and it turns into a touchback, it's a net punt of, like, 20 yards. Which is, I understand why there's the thought of, like, listen, just go for the field goal if you don't get By it. By missing it's, the kick, you give them the ball at midfield. Yes. But here's my issue with that. I don't care about, so like, calling the field goal, like, if you really want. But after two, it takes the sack. I think you're right. I think it turns into a punt. Like, you got to punt. punt. What I hated about it was they show Flores on the sideline. Just ripping Tua. Dude, you have no right to rip Tua there. One, because your decision-making sucks. And two, did you see that play? Like, there was no chance Tua's getting that ball. Because I said it in real time. I was like, you can't take that sack there. And you're like, dude, he had no time. And they show the replay. He had no time. Like, there was there not were a two guys second. Op- I like the replay. Like, two, He had two guys open. And if he just throws it, it's like, yeah, okay. He didn't have the. They were open before he had the ball. Like, <laughs> the, ball. The, the, be, the, the hand that hits Tua also, that sacks him, sacks him the second. It's a three step drop. It's not a five step drop. A seven. Boom, boom, hit. boom. He needs to be planted and thrown. But he's getting hit. He's hit. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, that pissed me off. And, I mean, overall, like, I just. We've talked about it. Before, and it's all going to come to a head now. We've talked about how you believe in this idea of consistency. Where, like, if you're not going to get rid of Flores, that's fine. But that means you have to keep 
you have to keep this offensive system because you I, don't want to keep changing it. Let me, but you, there, you, let me amend that. You can't. If you can, at this point, if you can find one offensive coordinator, one <laughs> who's going to take over the entire offensive yes. side of the football. And they're willing to attach themselves to the Brian Flores head coaching bat, like wagon. But do it. Here's the problem. I don't think that who's person that? exists. Yeah, like who's doing? Who's that? any much? Who's any upgrade over the duo that you have? Who's been here now for, for three, two years? This is gonna be their, they're going into their third Tua, year. I would rather Tua has the opportunity to just continue. But I do think that these two. In terms of their play calling, play design, what their vision for this offense is, how they seem to trust to it, maybe it would be better to get a better off. Well, I think it would definitely be better to get a better offensive coordinator in here, but I don't think that's a possibility. But maybe it'll just maybe it's worth it just to get a different one. I think just to give Tua a better I, chance. I thought Big O was crazy listening to him before this game talk about like how he still wants Flores gone because he he. I don't think Flores should necessarily leave, but I don't think we should well, get Watson. His point, in. his point isn't like, "Hey, fire Flores because of the one in seven star or anything like." That. It's just listen. You had three years to build an offense. Yeah, you've proven you not only can you not build an offense, you can't build a staff. Your staff is really bad. Your co- like Chris Kaufman just tweeted it like an hour ago. Like, sure, the offensive line is really bad, but like. Your offensive line coaching is really bad. Like, all of these people around Flores on the offensive side of the ball have no NFL experience. These are guys from high school or colleges that aren't good. Like, the whole staff is bad. Now, on defense, it looks really good. But the defense didn't get good until Flores took over. So what that tells me is Brian Flores... He's a good coach. When he was on the Patriots, he was the brainchild behind... The most amazing defensive display you've ever seen in a Super Bowl against the Rams. He made the Rams look awful. And then the following year, as the Dolphins head coach, when uh, the Rams come in to your your building, you embarrass them again. And you go, oh shit. Like, Brian Flores legitimately, I think, is a defensive mastermind. Good coach. But he is so lost on offense... And that's where I start to question, like, the, the answer can't possibly be get a new quarterback. It's not going to change. Let's say you win another game, even if you make the playoffs. But, like, next year, if you, if you bring in a Russell Wilson, an Aaron Rodgers, a Deshaun Watson, whoever the fuck it is, it's no longer, like... They have to be the offensive coach. Well, no. Hold on, dude. It's no longer, though, like, hey, hopefully we make the playoffs. It's, you have to win the division now. You have to win everything. You have, you have to, win, to win, everything. win everything. You have to win everything. Immediately. Immediately. Because you can't build... Because the team's not going to And when that better. doesn't work, and you fire Flores, now we're stuck with a, a quarterback that we wasted all these assets on. We can't rebuild. The defensive side of the football that is good is probably going to start getting older and not as good. You don't know how long they're going to play. Like It's just... We could easily come out of this year, build around Tua... With See what all, he can we do. have a lot of assets. See what he can do yeah. for another year, and if it doesn't work out, we can start to rebuild. Not even rebuild. If you just if but you if just you, put off that decision, if you just don't throw two away and and splurge on something else, and instead you put your eighty million dollars in cap space into oh, the offensive man. side of the football, imagine sinking half of that into Deshaun Watson, who's probably going to miss the first six to eight weeks. You'd think. I'm more worried about the draft capital. Oh, of course, you're not. Uh, also, by the way, this is where I want. I wanted to say this earlier when we started talk, when we opened with the Bengals. Like, I really like Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle's awesome. He's by far the best skill position player we have. But when you drafted him, you knew that's who you wanted because you did all this maneuvering. That's fine. But like, you could have had a Jamar Chase. You don't have anything like a Jamar Chase. Jalen Waddle's good. But he doesn't give you what someone like that does. The player on your team who's most similar to that would be like Devontae Parker. And Devontae Parker missed half the year. But what Jamar Chase is doing in Cincinnati is, and what Jalen Waddle's doing in Miami, it's very different. Very unique situations in that they have their college quarterback starting them. And I know, like, 
Waddle's still putting up very impressive numbers in his own right. So, like, sure, Jamar Chase is doing freakish things right now, but that's a product of Joe Burrow and Chase being empowered to just let that offense drive through them hitting deep balls. Well, but, but this is what I was going to say. That's, like, not, that's not Burrow a fault yesterday. of Tua no. or Waddle. Well, and I don't necessarily think that if the stars were aligned a little differently, Tua and Waddle couldn't be... Nah, I'm not saying... Waddle would have a 200-yard day like that. But Waddle's had some crazy days. So, well, listen. They can get better. When Burrow just rips the ball at Jamar Chase, even though he's, like, got a guy draped on him, yeah, sure, the throw's really good and the catch is really good. But, like, anyone, if you have a receiver who can do that, that's awesome. But the difference to me is, like, yesterday we saw it. Last week we saw it. Like, sure, Joe Burrow threw for 450 yards. But his guys at least once a game, are giving him catches that are 10-yard throws that Tua hits all day long, besides yesterday in the rain, and they take it to the house. They go for 60 after the catch. Waddle didn't do that at all this year. Like, that's what I thought we were going to get out of Waddle. He didn't do that. So, like, when you watch Burrow and Chase, you can, like, match up film from the Bengals to their college film and go, it's like the same plays, same type of thing. When you pair up, like, what Tua and Waddle did at Alabama and what Tua and Waddle did in Miami, it's very different. Like, they're doing different things. Yeah. And I think that, again, just speaks to, like, your offensive coordinator and your coaching that are just, like, they don't understand what they're doing, what they're trying to do. They have no identity on offense. They have Their identity is scared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, dude, we saw it in the beginning of the year. And, like, when the, like, and not when to, the offense and I was kind of good in the first yeah. half, and then, like, all right, now we now we got to step off the gas. Yeah. Like, we're, I want to be clear. Like, I don't think Tua plays scared. It's not all Tua. the time. Sometimes he does because, like, it's horrifying <laughs> when you have five or six 300-pound men ready to, like, jump on top of you. The second you snap the ball. <laughs> but most of the time, Tua is pretty confident. But the offense is – and, like, I feel like in spite of that, like, Tua is constantly trying to get things straight and together and, like, be a leader, which I think is really impressive. And it's unfortunate that in these bigger games it just turned into these mess, blowout, slop fests. But because that's got to be on the coaching It too. is. Like, of course it has it's, to be. Not too, it's, it's all the coaching. But I like Flores, and I want to give him another shot. So here's what I'm trying to say. All in all, I will say, I was I walked away impressed at 5-9, and nine, or whatever the hell The first year. 5-10, and 5-11, whatever the hell. 6-12, and five and 12, I think, is... How the math works. And I was impressed last year when you won 10 games. And I was miserable when you were 1-7. And, and I was impressed when you got back to 8-7. and seven. I said, this is a three-game season. If you win all three, we're going to be in the playoffs. Well, I'll be happy. You win the first one. But I knew that the Tennessee game is going to be near impossible for you to win. Not only was it near impossible when you were non-competitive, which is what I'm really That's looking to problem. see change. That's the problem. You're non-competitive when it matters. And that's a big deal. Like, I, like if Tua would have came out and played horrible, and you lose by seven, and you go, man, if Tua just played better, we would win that game. Yeah, like, Tua, I it's get, all Tua's I fault. I get the conversation Tua about Tua. two pick sixes. But, like, Tua played awful, and you had no chance. And, and we lost 14-0. If Tua played, if Tua, okay, let's hypothetically right? play, Tua plays 90% better. Yes. We you, lose that game, You still game, lose dude. the game. We're you still lose game. the game. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like, I don't. I I'm, I'm I won't buy in. I won't say two but is the give, problem. But I think that's why you just say, "Hey, but you're I'm, not getting Deshaun Watson." But no, you have that's what you the, have. One that's more what go. we think. One more. Go. I am terrified of what this front office is going to do, because I think Ross is giving them one more year. And I know full well if I was given like if I was in that position, like, "Hey, this is it. Your job depends on it." I'm probably gonna. Fuck it. I don't, what do I need these assets for? I'm probably gone after this year anyway. I'm going to trade the house. I know. I'm bringing in the stud quarterback. It's like, two's probably gone. And that's going to drive me crazy. But then, I'll, but see, I'm not telling them that they only have one more year. What I'm saying is, you have, you have to improve, though. Uh, dude, I'm, I want Tua here. I want to build around Tua. I think next year we're getting Deshaun Watson. And 
Also, does the, this game next week against the Patriots, does it really matter? Like, if Tua goes out and has another awful game, I still, me personally, means nothing to me anymore. It like, matters. I don't care. It matters only in that you haven't had a winning season since 2000, back-to-back winning season since 2001. So, if you go out there, especially if you're Tua, and win another game, and you're 9-8, and eight, I mean, I would say that. Like, hey, you suck. And, <laughs> yeah, you suck. And I'm... I don't. Because I've been above 500 in my two fucking seasons. So, you guys suck. That's what I would say. I'm, so, Deshaun I think it Watson, matters. I think it does matter. Especially Deshaun, for... Deshaun Watson was a quarterback on a 4-12 and 12 team. Yeah. So, like... Well, we say it, but we've said it before on the podcast. Like, teams are more than the quarterback. The quarterback is the most important position on a football field. Sure. There are, at any given time on a football field, 20, 20 plus players are on the field. It's more than one fucking guy. You gotta, you gotta make everything better. And let's stop drafting first-round cornerbacks that don't play, maybe. <laughs> maybe let's do that. They've been... They, I mean, like... I think the roster's pretty good. Like, you... Like, the defense is deep. I like it. On the offensive side of the ball, Mike Kosicki, who I was, like, all about paying. I'm like, you need this guy. Ah, see, I'm, He I'm... fucking disappeared the last seven weeks of the season. And no impact. Can't catch a ball when it really mattered. I mean, your Waddle was your entire receiving core. Hundred percent. Devontae Parker was out. You've signed Will Fuller. He missed the entire year. Albert Wilson was a guy you, for some reason, fed the ball to a couple games, and that was ridiculous. Your running backs suck, and Mac Collins is probably your most reliable guy. That's a bad offense. Yep. That's a bad offense. So you and. That, by the way, in that little... Didn't even mention the fact that your O-line is the worst in football. By a so, lot. So you need to improve your wide receivers, your offensive line, and your running back. Before we even talk about quarterback, that's what you have to do. It just seems like such a mistake to sink in all those assets into someone like Sean Watson. Because if you... Okay. On this team and expect... A winner that would be lasting, that isn't something that is going to be detrimental well, say, long term. Let's say you, you bring in Deshaun Watson. He's owed $40 million. So that, you have $80 million in cap space after next year. So now you're already half that. Emmanuel Ogba's a free agent. He's a huge part of your defense. Christian Wilkins is going to be getting paid soon. Like... So you're going to have to make these decisions. And if you, you're you getting rid of draft capital for your future, and you're giving away a lot of your salary cap, how are you going to improve the rest of the offense? You're just going to run back Duke Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Miles Gaskin at running back. You're going to run back, you're going to bring back Devontae Parker as like the guy again? Devontae Parker can't be the guy again. We're done with Devontae Parker. He could he could be on a team, but like he's wide receiver three, if not four. He can't be one or two. So like that's where I'm just like, if you get the quarterback, your your entire unit's gonna stay the same. Besides that, maybe you add like a like a Juju Smith Schuster, who's like he's not that good. That's what I mean. I, I it's agree. terrifying. Well, I think that there's potential. Like, you get to Sean Watson, your offense is dramatically better. Like, then maybe they do. Like, they they splurge on offense. They do revamp it. They get to Sean Watson, and it is good. I'm more concerned that if it's if we end up in a cycle of nine wins again, though. Like, there two could have got you nine wins. Deshaun Watson has never shown that he could win a Super Bowl. Like, consistently bring a team to the playoffs that's hampered by being terrible. I mean, he just, I mean, and maybe he can't. 
I mean, he is a really great quarterback. I'm not trying to say that, but he's also got his issues. We all know about him. And the problem is going to be, do we improve enough to where we don't need draft picks for two or three seasons? Or or as much cap space as we would if we were just running with one more year or two. Just one more year or two is rookie deal. And then you could use the multiple draft picks you have next year to trade up and get a quarterback you like. Yeah. I'm not saying we have to keep also, to it forever. Yeah, like, but like uh, what again, are we doing? We spent seven years with Tannehill. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to spend seven years on Tua. We don't. But I still but, I still think I want to Tannehill to win a Super Bowl because I always said he could win a Super Bowl. But like just two's played, proven two's right. played eighteen career games. I'm not willing to to just pass up on him already. And if we do, he better go to the Saints. That's all you gotta say. It's the only team. He'll be fine wherever he no, is. No, I want him to go to the Saints. I would love to see him in, in the Redskins. That'd be cool. Be a DC guy. I just don't see him in that uniform though. He doesn't look like he'd be look good Probably in maroon. Probably get into politics when he retires. Him and Tulsi just running, <laughs> running Hawaii. Um, I mean, that's listen. I'm. I've never been so like dejected at like the the. I even know how to say like. It just also sucks that, like, you rebuilt the same time as the Bengals and the Chargers. Frank, it's both, one season and, and the difference both is... both going to make the playoffs. The difference is, it's one season and the difference is, like, two or three games. And we were very close to two or three games. This team is shitty for a lot of reasons, but it's not far, as far off as it feels when you get blown out by the Titans. You just have to... Under, you just have to resist the urge to make the decision that's going to set your franchise back like 30 years. Maybe not that long. But maybe four or five. And you, like I said, we could get Watson and have some success. I'm not saying like the Deshaun Watson trade will be a definite failure. I'm just saying I don't see it resulting in something that's the same as like if we build the right way and are just patient with the thing, the decisions we've already made. And try and build around those decisions that we've already made. It just... Like, Herbert and Burrow might never do it again. Yeah, they might, they might like, do it for four years. They might do it... Ben Roethlisberger won his second year in the NFL. And then didn't win his next Super Bowl until, what, 18 years? Like, it was crazy. Well, look at Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Also, by the way, that was another conversation. Like, okay... Let's Russell say you, Wilson. Let's like, say you bring in an Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, like, has made the Packers a better team, but he's also been surrounded by really good players for a long time. How many Super Bowls does he have? He's won! Yes. And in a lot of those seasons, like the Seahawks or the Packers or even the Patriots, like, there's, well, not as many for the Patriots. They were consistently just pounding the playoffs. But, like, there's gears where you're not... The best, of course. <laughs> so, so, like, what does what so says like we're about to be? We're about to be not eight or nine win teams. If you bring in Aaron Rodgers, right? You say, listen, we're gonna go for a three-year window. Forget Deshaun Watson. Aaron Rodgers, we're short-term but elite of elite quarterbacks. Like one of the best to ever do it. He doesn't guarantee you anything. No, because he's coming into a team that's worse off. Way worse than the Packers. The Packers are a much better team. <laughs> Now, granted, I do think the Packers are winning the Super Bowl this year. But that's just because I think that's the best team that they've had but in a long time. But you know who's going to have a lot to say about it. The Cowboys, the Cardinals, the Tom Brady, the Rams, Tom Brady. <laughs> like, there's a lot of teams that the Packers are going to have to beat. Yeah. So, it's just, it's stupid. And it's not to say that Tua played well or is about to lead us to the Super Bowl. It's just to say, that, like, the Miami Dolphins are not a quarterback away from making yesterday's game a victory, the third to turning that thirty-three to three victory. Everything about the offense is bad. Every aspect of it. It is a problem though that like last year against the Bills, like people forget how much that game sucked. That game was awful. Like, cause all the lead, all the conversation leading up to that was like, 
Bills aren't even going to start their players. Easy. Like, Dolphins are going to win this game and get in. And then the Bills decided to, like, just play everybody. And, like, you could tell the coaching staff didn't prepare for, like, facing the real team, which was so crazy. And they, they embarrassed you. So then you're a year later playing the Titans. You know they're playing everybody because it's not the last game of the season. They're f- fighting for a playoff spot. And you still get embarrassed. Sucks. Like, you don't just lose when it matters. You get embarrassed when it matters. There was a little bit of time when the game was competitive. It was very much like that uh, that first Bills game this year. Yeah. Where it was like, you kept it competitive because your defense kind of kept you in it. And your offense just couldn't quite get it going. And then eventually, the other team just goes, ah, I'm just going to end this because like, this is boring for us. And your offense continues to just be like, I can't do it. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's not... It's not out of, like, some misplaced loyalty to two as much as it's, like, a, the recognition that everything is bad now, so we have to improve everything. And just sinking all of your assets into the quarterback position isn't guaranteeing anything, especially when the coaching staff has shown such an ability. So that's all I wanted to say about the Dolphins. And I feel bad for Tua because he takes a lot of the... See, I don't feel the, bad for Tua. I, I feel bad for Tua only that he's such... The same reason I felt bad for Tannehill. They are such the target of the conversation. Yes. But I guess that's part of their job. So. It's part of their job. I felt bad for Tua, like, most of this year when, like, he's playing okay and he's getting all the Deshaun Watts and stuff. Like, that to me is when I feel bad for Tua. I don't feel bad when, like, listen, you could have came out today and you really could have shut some people up. And you didn't. And that's on you. So, like, I don't feel necessarily bad. But, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, gotta get rid of him. Like, he's not the end. Like, it's just... It's, but also... The reason why the Titans game looked so difficult was because you're <coughs> on the road against one of the best teams in the NFL. And throw on top of that, it was cold and rainy God, the I entire hope, day. I hope they win. I want a Packers Titans <laughs> Super Bowl so bad, man. Tannehill deserves Super a Super Bowl ring. He's be a good such quarterback. Such a fun Super Bowl. He's a good quarterback. Remember the Packers? T- remember Tannehill had that Rogers, great. Though. It's gonna be hard for me remember not that, to root for the Packers. Remember against... that great showdown Tannehill had at Hard Knock at Hard Rock against Aaron Rodgers, where Aaron Rodgers won at the last second because we left we came him forty back. seconds we came on back the clock and we on knew the, it on our last <laughs> drive. <laughs> we scored away. He's like, "There's no way this is holding." And Aaron Rodgers goes, "I got it." Bop, 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 bop. Touchdown. No, was it a touchdown? Was a field touchdown. goal? Touchdown. Oh. I think he snuck in the pylon. Oh yeah, that game. But that Dude, was that was, played well. That year, I think we had like three losses like that. Where like we took the, the Cardinals, lead. I think beat us like we that. like took the lead with like a minute or two left, and the other team was just like, "Oh, that's way too much time against your defense." <laughs> against your terrible defense. Yeah, it's never. It's always something. So. All right. All right. 